You know, it's amazing. Um, you know, God, you, you know, so, so much of what God does in us, he shows us as we, as, as we walk it out. You know, a lot of people sit around, uh, a lot of people even pray for it. And praying is good. Don't get me wrong. Praying is a good thing. We need to pray. We need to pray more. We need to keep praying and continue to pray. And probably when we thought we've prayed enough, we should continue to pray some more. Amen? So praying is a big thing. It's an important thing. I'll I'll, I'll never uh, make light of prayer. But with prayer, you know, um, you, you, you can sit around praying and asking about things for a long time. And sometimes you need to get busy doing. And, and, and there's so much in us, you know, uh, you know, people see me, for example, they see me ministering and they think, well, you, you know, you're, you're a pastor, you've been doing this or whatever. But, but, you know, pastoring for me didn't start in a pulpit. Pastoring started serving and serving years and years before then. And it was only through that process that I even learned I was called to do this. And so, uh, you, you know, whatever God is calling us to do, he always calls us. I, 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 I mean, I, and I can't, as I look at the word, I don't see it any other way way either but everybody that he calls he calls through the process of of you know when they're stepping out into what they do know amen and God creates uh he creates direction and he creates uh open doors for what you don't know amen and uh I'm so thankful for that I'm so thankful that you know as you know this this work that we do here um um you know, Mayville was the same way, but specifically in Corey, um, Corey was a real stepping out, and it, and it continue uh, continues to be so. Last night, I got to I, I, I got to minister down in in Spartansburg with uh, 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 the Fishers uh, uh, ministry thing that they're doing down there. I hope you don't mind. I call it a ministry thing. It's just you know, it's a, it's the thing that the Lord has led them to do, and and so I I, I don't think we're putting any titles on. I don't think they are, and I'm certainly not going to create one. So, uh, but but that's what it is. I'm not making in light of it. But, you know, I, I, I would say I was telling them this last night that, you know, when uh, Jeff had called me a few hours beforehand because the weather was pretty bad and, and I saw his name pop up on my phone and I, my, my first reaction was to be like, oh, good, he's canceling. And, you know, and, and I didn't mean that as any kind of slight against them. It wasn't that I didn't want to be there or anything like that. But, you know, sometimes you have the day going and you have a week going or whatever, and you just don't want to do the thing that you know uh, that, that you're going to do or that you signed up to do. And so, uh, you know, that's what we did. But we went down there and, man, you know, I was just so incredibly blessed just being in the presence of those people. And I want to tell you guys all this, too, because the first time, for the first time ever, you know, I, and I believe that, that, you know, our home base is out of Mayville and that at least currently that's, that's where we're uh, called to live. I'm not saying that God can't change that. And we're always open to if he wants to. But, you know, one of the things, uh, for the first time ever, my wife and I were, were leaving that. We left this area, and I said, you know, for the first time ever, I feel like, like, like if I could desire to live somewhere, it would be right here, right now. That's exactly, not even right here, it was like in Spartansburg. And so for as much as going on in Cory, I think there's less going on in Spartansburg, you know. And, and it wasn't because, I, you know, uh, it, just, it was just like there was just such a, a presence of God there. You know, in, in what God's doing. And it just, what, what it really is, uh, you know, what the Lord is showing me is that there's, you know, he, he desires to, to make himself real to people everywhere. 
It doesn't matter, you know, what the background is. It doesn't matter, uh, you, you know, what you see, you know. And so many times we try to, you know, uh, we, we try to put faith at a certain thing and put it on certain things. And we try to make church about a certain thing. And, and you know, really when you see people coming together under the, 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 the direction of, of coming together for the purpose of, of being brothers and sisters in faith and, and, and le learning about what God wants for them, um, you know, God is there, and it's a wonderful thing, uh, and, and, and it just it amazes me, and it amazes me how much of the world just doesn't have that, and to think that God wants to do that in Cory, Pennsylvania, that God wants to do that in Spartansburg, Pennsylvania. I mean, these small towns, and there's so many places, there's whole countries that don't have what you have right here. Yeah. Amen? There's whole countries that don't have it. There's whole nations, whole, whole big areas with millions of people sometimes, and they don't have what we're partaking of right now, right here. Amen? And it, uh, it, that, that just stirs me and excites me for doing the plan of God. Like, Lord, what's next? What do you want us to do next? Amen? You know, I'll say this, that I, I, I left there, you know, Friday nights are one of the few nights that we actually have uh, to, to my wife and I, that we don't have to do something that we can spend, uh, spend some time together. Um, Praise the Lord, which adds another level of when you, when you commit to something. But the wonderful thing about it is we left there refreshed and rejoicing and feeling like we had a full night. Glory to God. And so that's, you know, that, that, that is, that's a goodness of God right there. And I'm just so thankful that we get to partake of those things. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And I don't know why I shared that other than it was on my heart. I felt like it would be a good thing to share with you. But uh, glory to God. Amen? God loves us. Tonight we're starting a message. I'm starting a message uh, led, directed by the Holy Spirit. It was It came to me early in the week even, and so I, I, I was, I, I'm really excited about what this is, but I really see that this is, uh, this, the message that we're preaching on is something that the, the, the people that connect to this work really, really need. Amen? And we're going to be talking about the surety of faith. We're going to be talking about faith. We're going to be talking about what faith is. We're going to be talking about what faith isn't. And, and I want to encourage you, even if you think you know it, even if you think you got it, this is something that you need to grab hold of. Amen? Because, you know, so many times faith has looked at so many things. Uh, people look at it so many different angles. And really, I think most people just get it wrong a lot of times. Faith is not hard. It's, it's simple. Uh, but faith is something that God has given us. It's a, a wonderful thing God has blessed us with. And you know, uh, the circles that we run in, uh, I wouldn't have known faith if it wasn't for those circles. And, and although some things I do see differently at different times from, from some of the other people in the circles, I am so eternally grateful that somebody gave me the message of faith in a way that it could do what it has done. Faith will absolutely change your life. In fact, there is no other way to do this life than to do it by faith. But we need to understand what faith is. Amen. We need to, we, we, we need to get into that. And so, praise God, I'm going to take just as much time as I need to. Not necessarily tonight. Uh, if we need to go in more weeks, we'll do it. But uh, I, I believe this is a vein that God has us in, at least for the moment. Amen. So let's get into it and get all that he has for us. Praise the Lord. We're going to start over there in Hebrews 4.16. Glory to God. I love the message of faith. I love it so much. It, it, is, it is one of my, um, I'll tell you, it's probably one of my, my favorite things to uh, think about, to meditate on, to teach on, uh, uh, whatever, however you want to look at it. 
I love the message of faith. Faith is such a, and the reason I love it so much is because really when it comes down to it, it was faith, the teaching and faith and the understanding of faith that really just changed my life. It's what took me from being a Christian who wasn't effective to a Christian who was very effective. It took me from being a Christian that was broken down and defeated all the time to a Christian who overcomes. It took me from a Christian who didn't understand the, the way that the Lord works and the way that he does things and not seeing very many of my prayers being answered to a place where, 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 where I can live and breathe and act in faith and, and I act from this place of, of victory uh, uh, all the time. And if I'm not there, I get back to that. Amen. And I love that. And, and we're going to see the importance of it. Faith is not just uh, a kind of important thing. I would say this, that faith is the most important thing. And the reason it's the most important thing is because the only way that we access heaven, the only way, let me say that one more time. The only way we access heaven is through faith. You don't access it any other way. The only way we access the true promises of God is through faith. The greatest promise of God, of course, being uh, salvation, what, what Jesus Christ paid for for us, the Son of God. He paid for salvation for us. He opened that door. But you know the only way you get in through that door is through faith. Amen. The only way we embrace what God has done for us, the only way we partake of the gift Otherwise, if it was just if it was just as easy as, as it just happens for everybody, then everybody would be saved, and we wouldn't need to be pre uh, preaching this message. Actually, we wouldn't need to be here anymore. So faith is an important thing. It's a very important thing. It's maybe the most important thing. Faith, uh, of course, uh, we understand through the scripture, and I'm not going to the scripture, I don't think, tonight, but you know, the Bible says that faith works through love. Jesus said that love is the greatest commandment, but faith is how we live in love. Glory to God. When you don't think that you can live in love, faith is the way, faith is the door that you can do that. Of course, in Mayville, I'm, I'm talking about uh, you know, the, the fruits of the Spirit, we've been on, we're, we're going on to week five this week. And uh, for the last several weeks, I was in love. We were talking about love and, and, and all of that. But still, it operates through faith. And so, uh, uh, and faith operates through love. Glory to God. Uh, and, and love can operate through faith. Uh, so we understand that faith is a very, very important thing. Over here in Hebrews 4.16 is where we're going to get our start. It says here, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Amen. Let us draw near with confidence. Now, uh, uh, you know, some versions of the Bible say come boldly to the throne of grace and we know that that applies. But, but, but to understand this, we need to understand what confidence, what boldness really is. Boldness is not brashness. Boldness is not just being loud. Boldness is not, you know, just saying whatever you want to say and saying it loud and saying it proud. Glory to God. That's not, that, that's not what this kind of boldness is. Amen? Uh, uh, but, but Hebrews 4.16 really is faith in a nutshell. When we look at this scripture, we can, uh, can kind of get a, a, a well-rounded idea of faith right here, how operating in faith, works and how we are to operate. Amen? True faith uh, is summed up and basically you can sum it up in, in one word, one simple word for us, and that's trust. And trust is not just trust in anything, but it's trust, meaning specifically 
trust in God. When we talk about confidence, that means you trust God. Now, now we can say we trust God, and a lot of Christians, I mean, I haven't met a Christian yet, really, that, that, that doesn't claim that they trust God. But even in people's claims that they trust God, I often see in conversations that Christians generally don't trust God truly. That it's a very, uh, that, that idea of really throwing it all in with him. You, you, you know, there's, because in one breath, and how do I know this? How am I judging this? Well, you know, I judge according to the word. You know, I, when, if I judge something that somebody says, I'm not judging it according to what they say. I'm judging it according to what the word says about it. Yeah. Amen? And that's why I can confidently say certain things about certain things. It's not that I'm judging a person's heart. It's that I'm judging what something is or what something isn't. Yeah. Now, a lot of people have a hard time with judgment, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you're a Christian, a Christian that doesn't judge, you're a foolish Christian. Yeah. Because we have to judge, we have to discern. In fact, uh, we, we, we get this, that, that if we don't use discernment, if we don't judge things as being right and wrong, good and bad, if we don't judge those things, we're going to miss it. In fact, uh, a lot of times in churches when there's issues, it's because somebody hasn't judged something correctly. You know, uh, we, we see this with the word a lot. People say, I, I haven't met a Christian yet, a Christian church yet, that doesn't say that we follow the word. But you know, there's something that if everybody does something differently, they can't all be following the same word. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that they're wrong and that somebody doesn't follow the word here, that they're wrong in everything. Uh, but, it, but, you know, we do have to understand that when we look at things, you know, the Bible says that we, that we you know, it talks, speaking about the Bereans, uh, it, it said that they were more noble than most because they sought the scriptures daily to see if the things that were being said to them were actually true. So I don't care what name is on the door. It doesn't really matter to me. I, you know, people try to classify us in all kinds of different things. My wife and I were studying this out actually today because because we've talked about this one classification that we get and, and, and they, they put it on. So this is the kind of doctrine that you follow. You're this. And we're like, like no, we're not really that. I don't think we're really that. And I said, I said to my wife uh, this afternoon, I said, well, let's just look at what the doctrine is for that and see if we agree with it. Right? And so that's what we did. And you know what? A lot of the doctrine we agreed with. A lot of the doctrine anybody that's a Christian would agree with it. But there were some things that were like, well, I kind of agree with that. And then there was even other things that were like, nah, I don't really agree with that at all. So I guess I'm not that. But you know what it amounts to is we're just trying to be Bible-based Christians. I don't need to have a name on it. I don't need to be calling it at something. I don't need to be this or be that. I just believe what the Bible says the best that I know how. Amen? The best that I can see it. And I'm always looking at the word to see if I can be corrected. Hallelujah. I'm always looking to see if my theology should be tweaked or changed. Uh, my, we were having this conversation. In fact, if, I don't think if you do that, you're, you're, you're going to find yourself in some trouble. You're going to find yourself deceived really quick. Amen? Praise the Lord. And you know, one of the things that the Lord has showed me is that uh, it, it is to continue in the vein of what I know to do and not try to do the things that I don't know. And so what you're going to find here when you come to this church is you're not going to find somebody who knows everything about the Word. You're not going to find somebody who knows everything about the Spirit. But what you're going to hear is what I know. That's what I'm going to attempt to, to, to give. Amen? Praise the Lord. And, and, and in the vein that the, the, the Lord teaches us. Praise the Lord. 
But let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Hallelujah. I love that word grace. I, I don't think I'm, am I preaching on it here tonight? I can't remember. You know, I got a whole bunch of messages in my head right now. And so, uh, you know, the Spirit will bring out what we need for the message. But, uh, but, but that word grace uh, is a, a, a wonderful word. Literally, yeah, I'm preaching on that in Mayville tomorrow. So in case you're going there, you might, you might get a little bit uh, It's going to come up. But grace literally means that which affords joy. That, that's a simple way of putting it. Uh, that which affords joy. That's what grace is. You know, I often say it like this, that uh, the way I define grace for people is that grace is God's ability that we don't have. It's something that he instills in us that we don't have. And that's grace. We, we, we like to hear that. But literally, it's that which affords joy. Amen. But we, it says that, 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 that we need to draw near, the, uh, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Amen. Hallelujah. The throne of grace. The, the throne of that which affords joy. But draw near confidently. And it says there's a reason to draw near confidently because it says so that. When it says so that, it means do this so that this happens. Amen? And so that's what we're looking for. We need to draw near with confidence so that we will receive the mercy and find that grace to help in time of need. You know, one of the things that I've found, and I've done this as a Christian myself many times, I've done it even in recent times, I try not to, I try to, you know, to get out of it as much as I, I'm able, and the thing that you need to do as well, but the thing I've noticed is that most times, even when good Christians come, find themselves in trial, they don't draw near confidently expecting to receive grace and help and, and joy in the time of need, they, they, they kind of throw their hands in the air and look at it like it's an impossibility. That's not faith. You can say you have faith in God, but you prove it when the things are hard. You prove where your faith at is when all hell is breaking loose in your life. Amen. In fact, I use this, this test in my own self. I'm just going to give you my own test, and I'm going to tell you how I do it. When I'm in trouble and I start freaking out, that's an indication to me that I'm not in faith. And because I know faith matters so much to God, we're going to see that here tonight. What I do is, I, that, to me, that is a warning sign that I need to go get in faith. I need to go back to those principles that I understand about faith because the place I'm in isn't that. Because if I'm freaking out, that means I'm not trusting anything. If I'm worried, that means I'm not trusting anything. If I'm upset, you know, if I'm upset, I'm not saying you can't freak out for a moment. I'm not saying that you can't, you know, you can't have those moments where you, where you don't know what you're going to do and you, and you, you know, you're, you're kind of just, you're torn and stuff like that. We all go through those and that's okay. It doesn't make you a bad Christian to have that. What makes you a bad Christian is if you stay there. What makes you a bad Christian is if you don't embrace the truth, you know, which is the word. Not what's happening in life, not what's going on, not what you see, but you embrace the truth and you run with that. Right. I'm going to use a great, one, one of the great examples uh, because this is the place where I first found out that I knew nothing about faith. And that's when COVID happened. When the first, you know, I know it's been three years and probably sick and tired of hearing it, but I'm going to bring it up anyways because I think it was a great illustration of exactly, because you see people do all kinds of things and very little of it was faith. We're going to see that here tonight. Not about COVID, but just in general. The way people go at things sometimes, is they think they're going forth in faith, and it's not faith at all. But you know, uh, uh, when... 
when we, when we were, uh, when it first happened, when everything was going on, it seemed like it was the end of the world. Everything was falling apart. Everything was going to get closed down or forced to close down or whatever. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know how people were going to respond. I mean, even, even politicians didn't know how they were going to respond. You know, they would say something. I remember we had the, 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 the wonderful Governor Cuomo in New York State at the time. And, and uh, you know, and, and, and he would say things. But you could tell when he was saying things, he wasn't completely convinced of it. But he would say things. He's like, he would kind of say something. We're going to do this. And then he kind of look around to see if he was going to get a reaction. You know what I mean? He kind of had that, like, we're going to do this, maybe. You know, he didn't say maybe, but it was kind of that tone in his voice. And what I saw is the more that people allowed him to do whatever he wanted to do, the more it emboldened him to do what he was doing. At first, he was tiptoeing and ginger. But then when he saw he had an open door for certain things, he bust right through that door if that's the way he wanted to go. I'm not saying it's wrong or not. I'm just saying that's what happened. Amen? Um, so, you know, a, a lot of people uh, uh, responded in kind, and there's a lot of different opinions, and there still is, and I'm not here to give you an opinion. I don't really care about your opinion, and you shouldn't care about my opinion uh, as far as those things go. But see, th th this is what happened, and this is what I saw, is that, 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 that uh, uh, I wasn't exactly living in faith in the moment. And I got into prayer because I was kind of, I was like, I got, Lord, I got two churches and I got to know what to do with these churches because I don't want to force, I don't want to do anything that's going to hurt people. But at the same time, I don't want to take away from people what they need. And I was very aware of the need for both of those things. Believe me, as a pastor, you're very aware of those things, if you care at all. And so I was very, uh, and so I got into prayer and I was, you know, I was praying, I was seeking the Lord and I was spending, I don't know how much time I, I spent praying, but I was praying for quite a while. And then all of a sudden I heard this in my spirit. I heard, get up and go do something else. That's what I heard. And I was like, okay, well, I'm seeking the Lord, right? I'm seeking him in faith because that's what we do. And that's what I was, I thought I was seeking him in faith. But see, I wasn't seeking him in faith. Because, and this is what the Lord showed me. And so I, I went and did something else. I went and did this project that I had started, or I think I was starting, or whatever at that time. And as I was doing the project, completely separated from my place of prayer, completely separated from reading the word and studying or listening to what other ministers are doing or listening to what other people are doing or what the government's doing or any of that stuff, I'm just down in my basement making my closet. That's what I was doing. And I was putting up boards on the wall, and all of a sudden, I started getting direction. All of a sudden, it just started downloading. Just like that. It was easy. You know why? Because I was in a place of faith. See, what faith is, is faith is trust. Trust rests. And if we're not in that place, if we're all worked up, if we're all upset, if we're all out of sorts, we're not in faith. I'm not saying this to make you feel bad about yourself if you're all out of sorts. I'm telling you so you can recognize it just like I did. Faith is confidence. And see, when we come to God with confidence, when we draw near, see, what confidence means is that we come to God and we say, essentially what, what the scripture is telling us is that we're coming to God when we have, when, when whatever is going on, and we're saying, Lord, I'm coming to you because I can't. But I'm trusting that you can and that you will. That if I don't understand all that's going on, at the very least, you'll give me the answers that I need. Do you understand that as, as a Christian, you might not always know exactly what's going to happen. I'm sorry to tell you. It's just the truth. Yeah, God didn't make you clairvoyant when you all of a sudden, you know, you're not a psychic now. You can't just pull out the tarot cards and decide you're going to do what you're going to do and get what you're going to get. 
But, but, but you know, when you become a Christian, God promises certain things to us. And one of the things that is promised to us is rest. One of the things that is promised to us is peace. And those things are all found in the same place, but they're only found really in one place, and that's a place called faith. Faith brings us into the rest of God. Faith brings us into the place of being at peace. And in fact, we see this all through Scripture. Anybody who was out of sorts got in sorts by getting into it with God, by getting into that place of trusting God. Amen? Amen. So faith is summed up, true faith is summed up uh, in ultimate trust or complete confidence. And confidence comes from a few places. And this is something that I have learned, and this is one of the things I learned early on, and I'm so thankful I learned it, and I'm so thankful that I continue to learn it. But I'm going to tell you that this is, this is always, and this is how I judge things uh, uh, for myself, but this is all I can also look into someone else's life and see the same things. Confidence comes from a few places. Number one, it comes from knowing who God is. You can't have confidence in God if you don't know who he is. You cannot have faith in God if you don't know who he is. Christians that, you know, I've seen this. I've seen people over the years who, you know, maybe, in a, maybe at a funeral or something like that, a bad situation, they, they accepted Jesus. And maybe they'll even say they believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died on a cross for them. But they don't really even understand what that means. So brothers and sisters, I lived my life being raised in a church and having no idea what faith was. No idea what faith was. I believed in God. I knew that Jesus was the Son of God. I confess that even when I was doing the worst things that I was doing, I could still con confidently confess that Jesus is the Son of God and he died for my sins to get me into heaven. Well, I was thankful for that. And I knew that. But you know, I lived like the devil. I lived in a place where I wasn't accomplishing very much. In fact, I was going from one trial to the next trial and it never got better. It only got worse. I put a gun in my mouth expecting to blow my head off at the very place of being fully convinced that Jesus is the Son of God. Why was I in that position? Because I had no faith. I had never been taught faith. I never understood faith. I thought faith meant it was the church that we went to. Or faith meant this is what we call ourselves. We call ourselves Christians, so that's faith. And none of that stuff is what faith is. Not on the surface anyways. Faith is how we see God. It's knowing who God is. You can't have faith in what you don't know. You can't trust in what you don't know. It's very difficult to trust God. In fact, I see this over and over again. I see people who have been hurt in churches and they reject God because of what humans do. And you know what they're doing? They're essentially saying, my faith was never in God to begin with. Because if your faith is in God, it doesn't matter what people do. If your faith is in God, it doesn't matter what people say. Even the ones that you trusted, even the ones that you believe, even the ones that taught you about faith, even the ones that helped you see things. See, humans are always going to do human things. We're not going to always like it. But faith is the thing that supersedes what humans can do. Brothers and sisters, when we're rocked because something happens... The faith was in the wrong place. And so it's an indication to us we need to get the faith in the right place. I tell you all the time that I have a ministry of giving up. And really what that is, it's a ministry of faith. I give up on myself because I can't, and I know I can't, so I stop trying. 
I just put it with him. Now, that doesn't mean you know, I, I refuse hard work or anything like that. I do do the hard things. Amen? Uh, sometimes, you know, just getting into the pulpit is the hard things for me. Sometimes, you know, uh, just, just, just preparing to do this thing is, is the hard thing for me. But I do the hard things. But I do it because I know who God is. I preach in confidence not because I think that I can preach. Not because I'm confident in what I have to say. I preach in confidence because I know who God is. I've learned over the years who God is, at least on the level that I know him. And so from that level, I can preach faith. Now, I'm not trying to say that, look, before you, you see the one who, who knows everything about God and knows everything about faith, because I'll tell you, I certainly don't. But one thing I do do is I trust God. I trust God to know that if I can't, he will. So even know that I am not able most of the time, he is. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that, that actually thrusts me forward out of a lot of trouble. That's the boost I need. You know, when you, have you ever got your car stuck and you need just a push? Sometimes it doesn't need much of a push. Yeah. Amen? But that's the boost I need is faith. So one, confidence comes from knowing who God is. Another place confidence comes, uh, comes from knowing who you are in relation to God. Praise God. Who am I in relation to God? Who am I that he would think about me? Who am I that he would, he would give his son for me? Because that's what he did. Jesus didn't just come and die for us just so, just so we could get to heaven someday. There's much greater purpose. Jesus came and died for us so we could live in faith. Because if it was just about getting us to heaven, then none of the other stuff would matter. But all the other stuff matters. God wants us to go forward. In fact, we're going to see this if we ever get to it. But uh, God wants us to move forward in faith. He wants us to live in faith. In fact, we, in God's eyes, there's no other way to live except through faith. Amen? So it's knowing who God is. Confidence comes from knowing who you are in relation. And confidence comes from knowing how God interacts with that. How does God interact with me? See, a lot of people see God the way they look at uh, their neighbor, or the way that they look at each other. You know, so-and-so, they're stingy. They look at God as he's stingy. So, you know, God is, uh, they, 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 or, or maybe they're stingy themselves. And when I say stingy, I don't just mean with money. I mean with any way. Like, you know, they, that, you know the, uh, they won't take care of this or take care of that, so maybe God won't too. See, God, the wonderful thing about God is he always did more than everybody did anyways. So when other people won't, we should have a level of confidence, an air of confidence about us in who he is. You know, but the thing is, is the truth is, too often we're kind of wrapped up in what each other does and not who God is and what God does. Amen? Praise the Lord. Turn with me to Hebrews. Uh, we're in Hebrews. We're going to turn to chapter 10. Uh, we're going to go over to verse 38. Now, Hebrews 10, uh, or Hebrews 11, of course, we call that the great faith chapter, and we're going to get into that some. But uh, uh, Hebrews 11, in my humble opinion, really starts in, in Hebrews 10. And obviously we know that, of course, it all puts it in context anyways. And so, uh, the, you know, the numbering system was only added to help us, and I'm thankful for it. But it doesn't mean that these thoughts are separate. Amen? And so uh, over there in Hebrews 10... Uh, 38 it says but but my righteous one 
That's the one who's right. Remember that. Whenever we see the word righteous, it doesn't mean I'm self-righteous. It means I'm right before God. If I'm righteous, I'm right before God. It's right standing with God. And if you're right standing with God, it means you're right before him. Amen? So the one, my righteous one, the one who is righteous, the one who is right, shall live by faith. Now this isn't the only time in scripture that this is found. But that word live is, is, is awesome. It literally means, in the, it means endless in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> it means it starts at the place where they become righteous, and it's never ending. Endless in the kingdom of God. What a wonderful place that is. But he says, my righteous one shall live by faith. Amen. But look what it goes on to say there in verse 3. It says, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So again, when we see the word soul, most of the time when we see the word soul in the Bible, it's talking about the mind, the will, the intellect, your emotions. Basically, the way I like to say it is it's your personality. You know, the thing that we either like or don't like, the thing we interact with, you know, that's what our soul is. And so, uh, uh, you, you know, it, it's more than just a little thing, but it, it's, it, we want to keep it in context. But notice this, that, that God's interest in you is not, uh, uh, is not very high when you shrink back or you pull away from that place of faith. And again, what is that place of faith? Place of faith? That's that place of trusting him. It's a place of believing him. It's that place of, you know, like everything in the world looks like it's going to fall apart, but I trust him. Now, what do you trust him for? Well, maybe there's time you need to get in and seek God and find out exactly what you're trusting God for. But I like to think about it like this. I ultimately try just, just try to trust God. So even if I don't know, I'm okay. I'm a little dumb and happy because I still trust him. And see, trusting God is a place that, that if we don't learn to get to that place, but we have to understand what trusting God is. Trusting God isn't just trusting that God is going to do what God wants to do. But trusting God is trusting the way God has created things and knowing that they work a certain way. And so we can interact with that in certain ways and understand that there's, there's laws of, you know, trusting God can literally be like, you know what, I'm, I'm a little nervous about standing on the edge of this building because gravity was designed by God and I trust the fact that if I step off or if I stumble off or I trip off, I'm, I'm going to have an unpleasant landing. See, that's still trust in God. I hear you, it's trusting natural things, but God created natural things, and so we have to understand this. You know, one of the things that I learned, because I did a lot of studying, and I, I, I did a lot of research over these last few years, and I learned things that I never understood. And when you come from, like, what we call commonly the faith camp, people that talk about faith a lot, which is our circles, you know, sometimes people ignore things under the guise of faith. And really all that is called is stupidity. Uh, and we look like religious nuts. And really, when you do that, you're a religious nut. You know, people do things like, you know, they, you know, they talk about like, well, you know, you, you know, praying against different things like they'll pray against hurricanes and they pray against, you know, different things like that, weather patterns and stuff like that. And, and I'm not saying you never can't. I mean, if you're in the situation where, 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 where you have no other choice and you're going to die unless something happens. Yes, I guess you could start praying and, 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 and seeking God for that. Uh, but a lot of times they'll use scriptures like where Jesus rebuked the storm and they'll use that as a basis 
basis for doing such things. But see, when Jesus was rebuking the storm, he wasn't out just rebuking storms, you understand. He wasn't just like, oh, I'm just going to go rebuking. I'm going on a, you know, I, I, I like storm chasers. I think that's kind of a neat thing. I used to do that not as a profession or even as a hobby. I used to do that for fun when I'd see a storm. I'd just run after it. But, uh, you, you, you know, uh, but, but uh, Jesus wasn't out storm chasing. You understand that? That was a very specific event that happened to stop the plan of God. He knew it. He rebuked it. And that's why he was effective at doing so. And see, the same thing, that is faith. And so if we understand the way faith works, then when we come at situations in life, when we know the plan of God, when we know the will of God, and we look at something and it doesn't line up for that, we can speak in confidence to that thing and say, this ain't right, so it's got to stop. But do you know something I want to bring in? The reason I brought up hurricanes is because I want to tell you something. I didn't know this. Hurricanes are necessary for existence on earth. Without hurricanes, humans could not exist. There wouldn't be plant life. The ocean life would all die off. We wouldn't be able to, most people wouldn't be able to live on the earth. But we wouldn't be able to support this many people. Hurricanes are a thermostat for the earth. They literally are. So Christians that are just going around rebuking hurricanes are really doing a dumb thing if they had any power in doing it, but they probably don't because God set it up to be that way. Now, I heard a good Christian man talking about this. He was actually an apologist, and he was talking about this, a scientist and an apologist, so he understands how all that works and explains it. I'm not explaining it here tonight. But one of the things he said was, what he said was, was pretty interesting. He said, you know, Jesus did say the foolish man builds his house where? On the sand. Now, if you want to build on the sand, that's between you and God. And that's fine if you have peace about doing that. But if you built on the sand and the hurricane comes, you know, don't start praying that it goes to somebody else's house. Because, you know, you, 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 it's a necessity in, in, in this earth. Another thing that I found out in the last few years that I didn't know before, but without viruses, we could not exist. Now, that doesn't mean that all viruses are good or all viruses of God, but the very idea, see, a lot of people just think, oh, viruses are bad. They hear the word virus, it's just automatically bad. But without viruses, life could not exist on earth either. Without things like bacteria, life could not exist on earth. And so we see all these things. See, God is in his wisdom designed things a certain way. But see, people like to ignore things according to what they think is faith a lot, and they, they, they miss what God is doing. They miss what's actually happening. On the other side, there's the other side of it where people are afraid of everything. And that's why I brought up COVID. Because one of the things that I had decided in that time is I'm going to, be, I'm going to use wisdom. Because unless the Lord tells me to do something else, he's told me to use wisdom. So I'll use natural wisdom. But with natural wisdom, I'm also not going to be afraid. I'm not going to stop living life. And see, I saw, what I saw during that time period was there's two sides of things. There was the people that didn't care about it at all and didn't think about anything. And I know of people that died because of that kind of thing. And then on the other side of it, there's people that are just horribly afraid and won't do anything at all. And I think both are extremes. And why do I bring that up? I'm not preaching about COVID, but I'm preaching about this idea of faith. Faith does not put you in extremes. Faith keeps us balanced in trusting who God is. When we know the way that things work, when we understand the way things uh, operate, we can operate them correctly. But one of the problems in the church, one of the great problems in the church, is that people don't know faith either way enough, and all it looks like is foolishness to the world. 
Jesus did not look foolish to the world because when Jesus did something, it was effective. And the reason it was effective is because he had faith. And the reason he could have faith is because he knew the plan and will of God. And the reason he knew that is because he sought God. And because he didn't get goofy about things, he knew the word of God. He kept balancing the things. And sometimes Jesus ran, not ran, but you understand he, 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 he escaped. Praise the Lord. And sometimes he was rescued. Sometimes there was miraculous things that happened like walking on water and rebuking storms. And sometimes the Spirit of God hid him so he could walk through a crowd of people so he wouldn't be stoned. There was other times, and you see this in the life of the Apostle Paul, there was times where he went places by faith and there was trouble that happened, but then there was times where the Holy Spirit said, don't go there. There was times where the Apostle Paul, fully in faith, found himself in prison, stayed in faith, and found himself out of prison. Glory to God. See, so we, we look at opposition sometimes. We just look at it as this, this thing that comes against us without considering, without even taking the consideration that maybe the opposition we face today is one of two things. It could be one of two things. It could be either Satan's attack against you. Actually, it could be one of several things. Let's say this. It could be Satan's attack against you. It can be your own stupidity. Or sometimes it can be the plan of God. Because sometimes there is opposition that comes that opens doors for us to do greater things. Jesus had opposition come to him. The storm came to him, but Jesus was in faith. He overcame the storm. And see, so what we have to understand is we, 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 we do our best to be mindful of the things that we're to be mindful of. You know, I, I say this all the time with my own body, with, with, with eating and stuff like that. The Lord started showing me it was necessary for me to start eating right. And so as much as that's hard, I endeavor to do that. Now, I'm not perfect at it, but I, I, I've definitely gotten a lot better at it than I was. It's a process of going. You can't just eat McDonald's nonstop or, or you know, junk food nonstop and expect and trust God for healing or whatever. On the other hand, if I have opposition come against my body, I can trust God for healing. I can put faith in that because God doesn't want me broken and defeated as I'm working out his plan. But that doesn't, you, you, you know, and so we have to find balance in these places. We can't be in fear. Hallelujah. We stay in confidence over him. So we don't shrink back. We don't draw away because that, that, that is drawing away from destruction. But we also go forward knowing what we're called to do. We go forward into God's plan, what he has for us to do. Okay, so we're, uh, we're not those that shrink back to destruction. But those who, uh, those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. <clears throat> Again, preserving of the soul, preserving of the mind. One of the greatest battles that we have is right here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost always the biggest problem with people is right here. <clears throat> I, I've been meditating on this so much because this idea, you know, of course, Romans 12, 2 tells us that uh, we are to be uh, not conformed to this world, but to be transformed by what? God's miraculous power. By the working of angels. No, by the renewing of our minds. See, uh, the, the way we think about God matters. The way we think about what God wants to do matters. The way we think about God's people matters. The way we think about everything that God does matters. It matters. We are renewed. We are transformed when we are renewed in our minds. And see, what, uh, what happens a lot of times is we hold on to things, you know, we, we, we hold on to things. Like if I, if I held on to this idea that, that I couldn't speak in front of people, I would have never been a pastor. 
I would have never done one thing that God has called me to do in this realm if I held on to what was the truth that still exists today. I can't just drum it up. I can't just make it happen. I still, to this, this day, I'm not a huge fan of doing weddings and funerals. Why? Because they're very scripted and very often there's not a lot of anointing on them. So what do you do? You go there and you, you, you read a script, you know, but I'm not good at that. I read a script, I write something down, and I get confused at what I wrote myself within the first few, two, the first few seconds of it. And see, I have to go by the, by, I, I have this realization in me uh, that without the power of God, without the anointing of God, I can do no good thing. I can't speak the way. In fact, we see this in Scripture. Paul was the same way. He said, I, I came to you with trembling and much fear. Right? We see that with Moses. I'm not comparing myself to Paul or Moses. Please believe me. I'm not even remote. But I'm just saying we have scriptural precedent for these things. Moses didn't want to talk so much that God had to raise up Aaron to do it for him. Right? So, uh, but could Moses have done it? I mean, I don't know. That's a, that, that's a very interesting thing. But uh, uh, the, the, the point that I'm trying to make is if, if we just hold on to, you know, I'm limited by this. I'm limited by that. You know, Jesus said that with God, all things are possible. It doesn't mean all things are probable. It doesn't mean you can just name anything you want and it's going to be possible. But what it means is, is that all things are possible. So when we start claiming things are not possible, when we start believing in ourselves, what happens when we start claiming it, we start believing it. And when we believe it, we start walking that out according to our belief or not walking it out according to our belief. Is there anything that you've ever not done in life because you were convinced you couldn't yeah. later only to find out that you could yeah. and you did it and you're like, man, it would have been so much easier if I had just done it this way to begin with? You know, that, that has happened to me countless times. There's so many times where I, I've drawn back, uh, I, I've drawn away from this idea of faith. But see, one of the things that the Lord has done with me is, is, is instilled in me a confidence that always rises up because I always seek it out. I always seek it out. There'll be moments sometimes that people will, will you know, they'll, 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 they'll catch me off guard or whatever. They'll say something to me or ask me something, and, and, and I don't know the answer. I, I mean, sometimes I, I have people, I, I've had people ask me very basic Christian questions before that anybody should be able to answer. And in the moment, I couldn't answer it, like, for the life of me, right? I couldn't, you know, like, I'm not really good at being put on the spot to do that. But as I meditate on the Lord, as I meditate on his word, as I meditate on the things that he wants to do, one of the things that I find is that he always empowers me to be able to do whatever it is I need to do. And so that's why I confidently can say that, that whatever God calls me to, I'll do it. I just want to know that it's him, you know. And sometimes, you know, but that's a different, a different topic for a different time. But it says here in chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance. Everybody say assurance. assurance. Means you are assured. Amen? Um, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And again, when we see that word hoped, uh, uh, I, I think it's a bad translation, really, uh, most of the time, because it means expectation. It's not the same way we look at hope. When I say a bad translation, what I mean by that is we don't understand the language the same way it was translated when it was translated. Because modern day, when we hear hope, oh, I sure hope it happens. But it's not hope like what true biblical hope is. True biblical hope is expectation it will happen. Or expectation that God will at least come through. Right? And so faith is the assurance of things that you expect. Things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. That's a big, that's a big phrase right there. Amen? 
It's a conviction. It's like inside you. It's like, okay, if you have faith that you're going to heaven, what does it mean? You have no proof. You can't prove to anybody you're going to heaven. Try proving to somebody you're going to heaven. Try proving it. You'll never do it. They'll never, you'll never, never be able to do it. But hopefully you know on the inside of you are. What is that? It's conviction. It's the conviction of the truth of the matter. You don't, like, I might not be able to prove uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt with everybody certain things out of Scripture, but there's certain things I just know because I have that conviction on the inside of me. And I'm talking about things that are founded in Scripture, and that's why we need to renew our mind to the Scripture. Amen? Uh, but it says this about faith. It says, for by it, faith, um, men of old gained approval. By faith, uh, I'm switching back and forth. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. By uh, God testifying about his gifts and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. Praise the Lord. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up, for he obtained the witness that before his uh, being or before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Hallelujah. And then it goes on here to say, and this is really important where we're getting to, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. It is impossible to please God without trust. It is impossible to please God without confidence in him. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, when God calls us into doing something, he very rarely calls us to do something that we can do. He very rarely calls us to do something that we're able. Amen? But what I find most often happens is that people spend more time focused on what they can't do than on what God is calling them to do. And I want to give you a real, a real ex a great example because I found this as a pastor over the years. You know, I've been pastoring now nearly nine years. Uh, two of those churches is now nearly six years. And so I, I, I've met lots of people. Before that, I was faithful in church, uh, the same church for, for years. Um, and, and what I found is the same thing true over and over and over again. That God will want to do something. And sometimes he'll present the direction through one. Sometimes he'll present it through the other. But God will want to accomplish something. But churches are full of naysayers. Pastor wants to, a pastor says, okay, we need to do this or do that. Uh, so we're going to take up an offering to do that. The first thing people look at is that I don't have any money. I can't do it. Instead of taking the time and going before the Lord and saying, Lord, because you've connected me here to this or that, I'm going to partake of this and I'm going to trust you to bring it to me. Do you know that there's a lot of people that go without simply because they never connect in faith to what God wants to do? If God has called you somewhere, he's called you to labor somewhere. If he's called you to a town, then he's called you to be able to do things in that town. To be able to spend, my, my, my wife was talking about that. She's like, you, you know, be a blessing to people. What draws people in is when you're a blessing to them. You know, when we tried to find things to do for people, we could, you know, like when, we, when, when she was talking about John and Liz and teach, we taught the one daughter how to, how to, how to drive. We, we never asked, do we ever ask you for gas money? But you know something? We barely had enough money at the time to put gas in our cars for anything. But see, God, we knew this was opportunity. And so we looked beyond that because we knew we trusted God. 
We said, Lord, if you got something for me to do, then we're going to do it. We're going to step out in it. We're not going to be hindered by what we think we can or can't do in the natural. And I know that, that, you know, we're talking about money, and I know that that word gets so tossed around and that people get, get tired of hearing it. But it's, I, I mean, if there's anything that's evident is we don't do this for money. Praise God. And if you do, I'll show you my paycheck. <laughs> you know, that, that's not the purpose of doing it. That's not why we're doing it. And I'm not saying that as, as an insult or, or, or like a thing you know, I'm not taking care of or any of that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it about that. But it's obvious what, we're, what I'm saying is we're, we're not getting rich off of the ministry. We don't, you know, it's, it, it, that's not what we're trying to do. But, but when there's a call to do something, we need to connect to this thing that God has called us to do. How about being faithful? Let's start there. I mean, the word faithful, faith is in the first part of faithful. What does being faithful mean? Well, ask yourself, what does faithful mean to you? Let's start right there. What has God called me to be faithful to? Christians don't know anything about that anymore. The world, and, and then the world doesn't know anything about it. Faithful to this or faithful to that. How are you connected to what God has connected you to? Look at the person sitting next to you. Are you connected to that person? Maybe they're your spouse. There's a faithfulness that is required of you. You can't be pleasing to God if you're not faithful in that area. There are things that my wife needs from me. There are things I need from her. Praise God. That's called faithfulness. There's things as a church. We can't run a church together by ourselves. There's things that are needed. There's things that, you know, we all partake of. There's greater works. There's, there's people that come to us all the time. I'd like to see this. We'd like to see that. I completely agree with them. But what does that take? It takes faithfulness to do those things. People have to step into those things and determine that, 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 that this is what they're called to do and that they're going to sow into it. You know, and of course, we have a lot of people that sow a lot of wonderful things. I, I love the, 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 the work out there at Spartansburg. is a wonderful example. That is a wonderful example of faithfulness. And that's what every local church should look like. To tell you honestly, that's what it should look like. Everybody's helping, doing things. Everybody's partaking. People, there's people that don't even come that, that sow things into that. They, 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 they put food there to make sure people get food. So that's what the church is supposed to look like. But that's so often what the churches, don't, the churches don't look like. People are happy to be able to come through a door, which is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But what, what is God doing? Why are you even there? What, what has God brought you to this season and this place for? Because there's something greater for us to do. It, but, but one of the things I've seen over the years is I've seen the work of God that God wants to do in local churches. Not, I'm not saying this church or that church. I'm just saying I've seen it across the board. Without exemption, I've seen it across the board. That people are fighting and they're hindering the plan of God because they're more interested in who they are or what they want than what the plan of God really is. That isn't faith. faith see, and then we wonder why our lives don't look, you know, why, why does my life not look like it should or like the Bible says? And it's because you're not doing what the Bible says. When we don't connect to God in faith, we can't see the things that faith provides for us. Faith sees things through. Faith sees things out. I don't know why I'm on this or how I got on all this because it certainly is not the plan where I'm going. But you understand that there, there, there is this thing, faithfulness. Uh, faith is found, of course, in faithfulness. It's, it's the first five letters of it. Did I count that right? Five. Uh, faith is found in faithfulness. That's like over and over and over again, even and especially, especially when it's difficult. Especially when it's difficult. You don't prove faithfulness when things are easy. When it's easy, like you got a million dollars in the bank and you give 
Say, say you're a million, say you got a million dollars, you make a million dollars a year, and you're a you give 10%, and on, on top of that, you give 20%. It doesn't prove nothing. It proves nothing. It doesn't prove faithfulness. That just proves that you're willing to do the bare minimum. You understand? What does, like, faith, faith is, is when you, like, you know, we want God to do these great and miraculous things in our life, right? Isn't that what we want from God? Isn't that, I mean, on some level or something, even if you want God to just show up and say your, your whole heart, let's just say this, say your heart is in the right place and your whole heart for God is to just show up in the local church and to bless people. And so that's what all your faith is on. That's all you can think about and all you can desire. Do you understand that that comes in through you ushering it in? Through your faith? It's like, I, I have faith for this, so the things that I do act accordingly. See, that's what faith always did, and that's what Jesus did. Jesus said, don't worry about these things. Don't worry about those things. Don't get wrapped up in those things. Focus on what I've showed you to do. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. He was faithful to fulfill the call. Amen? The Bible tells us that if, if we're to say that we follow Jesus, that we should act and walk the same way he did. And primarily, Jesus went in faith. He wasn't moved by this or that. He wasn't moved by the storms or the, the opposition. He wasn't moved by those things. And I know that it's easier to say that thing. See, I'm, I'm preaching in such a way, you understand, there's preaching coming out. And preaching preaches in a bold way. And when it comes at you bold, it makes you want to think sometimes, well, maybe, you know, I, I'm not quite doing that. And I know, and you, you know, I'm kind of, pastors kind of stepping on my toes. But the purpose of the preaching is to stir up the truth on the inside of you. It's to empower you to say, wait a minute, that's not where I've been, but it can change because the word of God says that this is how I'm called to live and if the word of God says this is how I'm called to live then by God my first place that I'm going to take is trust in God that if it's called to do it I can do it I will do it because he will empower me to do it see when you come boldly to the throne of grace you come to that throne knowing that that throne is grace it's ability it's everything that you need all rolled up into one and all you got to do is come there with complete assurance on the inside of you that God God will and is going to do exactly what he said he will do. He will empower you because he said he will. But if you waffle, if you go back and forth, you're like, oh, I don't know if God will. Or maybe he will this time or he's done it before, but I don't know if he can do it again. I don't know, God. This is a pretty big mountain this time. You know, I remember back in the day there was this song when I was, when I was first learning to, uh, to be a Christian. There was this song that I used to like to listen to is an old Elvis song. I don't know, someone else probably sang it too, but you know, so this, this time you gave me a mountain. I don't know if you ever heard it. But you know, the main, the, the, the whole point of the song is he starts talking about, you know, these trials that he's been through and this and that, and he's overcome them one by one. And then he said, but this time, Lord, you gave me a mountain, a mountain that I may never climb. You know, and so, and of course, I, I used to love to belt that out because especially at the time period, I was, I was going through a lot of things and, and, you know, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, oh, this is a mountain that I can't ever climb. The thing that I didn't know was there was an ounce of faith in that song and the last thing that I needed to be singing in my depression was a song about how I will never probably overcome. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah. See, what we need to learn is we need to learn this thing called faith. Faith is the assurance that if I put my heart with him, if I put my eggs in that basket, you know, I'm learning something about God. I'm just going gonna, gonna, gonna to share it with you right now. 
Okay, I'm a little ways into this, this, this ministry thing, right? Actually, I found out this. I'm a little bit too far in. Yeah, because I'm, I'm at the point where I'm so far in that if I just skip out, you know, like a lot of people like to do, you know, a lot of people, they get mad at something at church and they're just gone, they're gone, right? You, you know what happens if I do that? People's lives get ruined. Well, that happens if you do it too, you just don't think about it. Praise the Lord. But one of the things that I'm learning over and over and over again is that with every step of faith I take and every mountain that I overcome, that there's another one that's presented before me that I can't tackle. There's another one that rises up in front of me I can't climb. There's another one that, 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 that's, that's presented before me. And actually, one of the things that it does is really interesting because it always gets me further into this place of the further I go with God, the less I have in the natural to back me up. Yeah. 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 means the farther you go with God, the more you're going to have to trust him. That's why I see so many people, they're never even touching God. They're never even getting into things because they never take those baby steps. Now, let me, let me tell you, it, like, I, I know it may scare you. It scares me. But you know what? I'm glad I can't turn back because not being able to turn back only pushes me forward. Why? Because I ain't got another option. It's either go through the door or die. That's it. And so I, I'm going to go through the door. I'm going to keep pressing forward. And you know what I mean by that? I mean, I can't go back to where I was. I've already proven that ain't no good. I can't go back to what it was before. That wasn't any good. You know, that's a, I, I have those lines every once in a while in my life. You ever have those lines that you cross and you, you step over, you're like, okay, this, I'm stepping over. But then you realize as soon as you stepped over, it's like, it's impossible for me to go back. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. Well, going forward from that point is called faith. Amen. Going forward in that point with expectation that God will do. Like, listen, there is nothing... There is nothing, like Jesus, like Jesus, one of the things he shows, like, listen, Peter came to him, he said, listen, we, we, we got to pay taxes. He's like, what do you want me to do about this? He said, go fishing. Yeah. And he didn't say go fishing because you can catch a lot of fish. He said, go, go, just catch one. And take that one that you catch and look in its mouth and pay both of our taxes. You see what I mean? Like, like there's so many people, they're trying to figure out natural ways to skirt around everything. And Jesus said, there, there, there's answer, there's a way. And that's what he was teaching us. It's that God always, and, I, and I'm not saying that if you, you know, if you, got, if you haven't been paying your taxes and you need to go pay them, you probably better not go fishing unless the Lord tells you to do that specifically. And, and you'll know that if it's a, it was God, because when you do it and you go fishing, you get something that's enough to pay you the taxes. You understand? Like if, you, if you've done something and done something and done something and there's no fruit to it, it means it probably wasn't God. I said if you've done something, you've done something and you've done something and there was no fruit to it, it probably wasn't God. Jesus was effective every place he went, every time he went there, with everything he did. And he was effective for what he went for, doing what he was called to, because he knew to follow God. Now, I know there's some examples that people try to come against, and I can argue that. We'll argue it some other time. Amen? Amen. If you want to, even afterwards. But uh, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, it, what it says here, oh, my time is up. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to stop there because I'm not going to, I'm going to keep you going. And, and uh, I told you I could pick this up next week. But we're going to get into some good stuff next week, too. Amen. Amen. But, uh, you, you know, the, 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 thing, the, the thing we need to walk away from and the thing that hopefully we're going to be stirred on is this idea of, you know, um, it was prophesied. You know, for a while, I had, uh, I had made this claim. I had said that, that, Lord, bring me people that are useless to me. 
And I was talking about, and what I meant by that was this, is like, Lord, bring me people that, like, I'll take all the people that, that can't do anything for me. You know what I mean? The people that, that, that can't, they can't that, you know, they can't make me rich. Maybe people that can't do all the work of the ministry. Maybe people that can't. I was like, Lord, bring me those people. Bring me, just bring me people, right? That's what I was praying. And, and it was wonderful uh, when I was in, in Spain with, uh, we were in Spain with, with Reverend Rich there. Uh, we had this, a moment, we had some, a lot of great moments of ministry in between just us. Like where we were ministering to each other, you know, praying together and stuff like that. And he prayed this out of his spirit. He said, you know, uh, he, he said, uh, wait and see what the Lord will do with those people that are useless to you. You understand, I'm not, when I say useless to me, I'm not making fun of a person. I'm just saying that what, what I'm after is I'm not after people that can just do something for me, you, you know, naturally or whatever. I want, I, I just, Lord, and, and it opened my eyes to see so much. See, God, like God wants to do what he wants to do through us right here as we sit here. We just have to tap into that. We have to see what that is. We have to start seeking God individually, saying, Lord, what is it that you have for me? What, do you, what, what is it that, and when, not, when I say have for me, not just like, Lord, you know, what kind of stuff do you have for me? Or, you know, how, how do you want to bless me? But, but no, Lord, what, what is it that you, where, where have you gifted me? And what is that gifting in relation to where you have me? How does that operate? Praise God. And see, when, when people start seeking God from that standpoint, God starts showing up and showing people things that they, they never thought that they could do. My life is one example of that after another, of God just showing a guy who could do nothing, a whole bunch of stuff that he couldn't do. And that's exactly what it is. I was useless for a lot of things. But God has made me useful in a lot of things just because I've, I learned to follow him. And I didn't learn to follow him because I was anything so great. Like, actually, I, I believe this with all my heart. If you understand who I am, I'm closing with this, I promise. If you understand who I am, I failed at everything. Everything. Everything I did, I failed at. And so I, I, I had the ministry of giving up. I tell you, I just, I, even back then, I gave up. I just gave up because I was like, it's going to fail anyways. You know, I got to the place I wouldn't even go out of the house. I've said that before. Because I, I was just going to fail anyways. If God can use me for anything, he certainly can use you for something. Amen? We just have to have that desire. We have to have that hunger. God, show me what you want me to do. Amen?